You're listening to SA Talk, San Antonio's favorite podcast for local events, topics, and discussions involving the Alamo City. I'm your host and favorite retirement advisor, Zachary Espericueta. Today's Friday, July 23rd, and this week I'll be getting into part two of the two-part series where I sit down with local podcasters on both ends of the experience spectrum. On the last episode of SA Talk, I sat down with Julian Trevino and Marissa Bell Jimenez, hosts of the Live with JM podcast, and you got to hear why and how they got started, as well as their thoughts on the podcast space and how it's on the rise again. Now, I say again because obviously we've seen a rise in popularity of podcasts before. In fact, you'll hear this week's guest talk about what the first growth period of podcasting was like back in the mid to late 2000s, specifically here in San Antonio and in South Texas in general. So whereas last week I was speaking with two podcasters who were newer to the game, on this episode I'll be speaking with a podcaster who has been doing it for 15 plus years. If you know anything about the history of podcasts, you'll know that this was the time period that podcasts were really taking off for the very first time. My guest on this episode of SA Talk goes by the name of Jennifer Navarrete. She's a native Texan and a longtime San Antonian. She's been in the podcasting world for, like I said earlier, over 15 years. She's founded co-founded and helped organize numerous groups, conferences, and camps for people in the audio blogging space, as well as the social media world. Jennifer was at the forefront of the podcast boom here in San Antonio, and she has experience starting a ton of podcasts of her own, including two different ones that she started this year alone. On top of all of her podcasting experience and accomplishments, she's also a social media podcast, virtual event, and live stream event consultant for entrepreneurs, businesses, and enterprises, all through her company, Brewing Media. Now, before we get to the conversation, I did want to give a shout out to the supporters of the podcast, April Monterosa from Live from the Southside, along with Sabrina Ortiz and Connie Pena. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. Listeners, if you want to support the podcast and hear your name on the podcast, just like you heard theirs, be sure to visit the link in bio and click support monthly. You're able to support the podcast monthly with donations from 99 cents all the way up to $9.99. And I would greatly appreciate it if you did that. I'm really excited to get to my conversation with Jennifer Navarrete. So here it is. So Jennifer, thank you for joining me on SA Talk. I really appreciate you being here and taking time to speak with me. I know you've uh, been pretty much a pioneer here in San Antonio as far as the podcasting space. Kind of give your backstory and how did you get started in podcasting in the early 2000s? Yeah, in 2005, I heard about this thing called podcasting and I did a little research. And the more that I looked at it, the more that I realized that I could record something, put it up on the web and that no one could stop me. And I was like, sign me up. I'm I'm ready to join this, this group, this community. And it was a very, very small community. There were not a lot of folks in that space. It's a very early adopter, very techie geeky. And what I wanted was to find other people who were interested in podcasting the way that I was. And I couldn't find any locally. And so I started a group. I started a meetup group, the San Antonio Podcasters Meetup Group. And I figured I would reach out. And so I did some searching and I found a few podcasters that were in San Antonio. And I just reached out to them. I listened to their shows and I said, hey, I really like your show. I'm starting. I also have a show. I've started a group. And that's kind of where it all started was developing the community around it. So that was in 2005. And then we fast forward to 2007. And now um, the group, you know, we're going to places like Houston and Austin and Dallas to participate in camps. You now camps are back then were called user generated conferences. And it was so revolutionary because in a traditional conference sense, you go to a conference that has speakers already, you know, already set up. And so you're going to sit there and to listen, to learn. But with a camp or user generated conference, the people who showed up were the speakers, your audience was the speakers. And all you did was facilitate the room, facilitate the topic, get sponsors to sponsor it, maybe do t-shirts and badges and food and stuff like that. But it was just such a different time. And it was a great way to kind of develop community. Because even though we had been a podcasting group for a couple years, there were other people doing things in town. We certainly couldn't be the only ones. And we really wanted to really gather the community around. So we created PodCamp San Antonio in 2007 in May of 2007, after we had heard about it. And we were very naive because we didn't realize that typically folks took months, like months and months and months to plan these events. We just thought, let's just do it. And, and it was actually Michael <laughs> DeLeon who does Project Spurs, 
who said, you know, because PodCamp Boston had happened. Christopher, Chris Brogan and Christopher Penn had created that. And we were like, oh, that's so awesome. Wouldn't it be cool? You know, how, how cool to get a bunch of podcasters together. Well, I guess what I want to know is, were you doing some radio before? Or no. did you have some broadcast experience? Like, None. Because what I try to think of is, I, I mean, I didn't have any radio experience, no broadcast experience, but I knew I liked to talk. So <laughs> that's what kind of got me started. Um, but did you, I mean, I guess you didn't have that experience. You just no. wanted to get on a mic and start recording. Well, so my name on Twitter, on Instagram, on Clubhouse, pretty much if you look for me anywhere, um, I'm ePodcaster, the letter E and the word podcaster all together. And what that stands for is entrepreneurial podcaster, because as a business owner, I recognize the fact that this had such a powerful, it was such a powerful medium that really um, cut out the middleman. Because this was considered new media back then, blogging, podcasting, vlogging, those kinds of things. That was new media. And because if you wanted to be on the radio, you needed to know somebody at the radio station, right? You needed to be, you know, get in a slot. And if you wanted to be in the newspaper, you needed to be some, doing something that reporters or journalists would want to cover, hopefully positively. And if you wanted to be on video, you needed to know somebody at a television station or be someone who was newsworthy. And when we look at blogging, podcasting, and and at the time it was vlogging, that's what everybody called it. Now, of course, it's transitioned and shifted and grown, which is good. That's what we want. You didn't have to be on TV. You could do these things yourself. There was no one that could stop you from doing it. There were tools available. People were very creative. Not as many tools as there are now, because good Lord, I mean, you've got your phone. This is your production studio in your pocket. <laughs> you can do it all here. You don't have, you don't need anything else. But back then you needed a lot more tools, a lot more equipment. And it was just so liberating and so such an, a, a freeing concept that you could go direct and there wasn't anyone who could stop you. You could do it in the middle of the night. You could do it at any time. You could do it on the weekend. There was no limit to what you could do except your own imagination and your own capabilities. And you could grow your capabilities. And that's what I find so fascinating about podcasting. And I, I've been fortunate enough to do a couple of, I guess you could call them workshops at two of the teen centers for Boys and Girls Club here, one on the east side, one on the west side. And one of the things I did when I'm speaking to the teens there is I asked them, what is a podcast? It's just a simple question. And of course, as you can imagine, the answers I get are, oh, it's like a radio show. And I said, a lot of people think that. But I said, that's where it's different, is that it opens the door to amateur. I consider myself an amateur. It opens the doors to amateurs who don't have those connections to a radio station, to a TV station, who need to, like you said, covering something for the news. You can just record. You can just hit record. You can upload it and get your voice out there. You want to talk about your favorite books and start a book club and, and talk about that with your friends. You can do it. You don't need to go to a radio station and talk about sports. You can talk about sports with your friends if that's what you want to do. And I think I find it so fascinating that it's just um, as far as accessibility to it, it, it's so easy. And I think people have caught on over the last decade, right? <laughs> that's why you see, I think, what is it? Two, two million, 2.8 million, something like that. There's just so many podcasts out there covering so many different topics. And I, I, I tell that to them. But here in San Antonio, the other thing that I, that I noticed that you have done in the past and are still doing is you're building that community. And that's something that I've wanted to do for, I guess, the last half year of doing this is really build upon that community here in San Antonio because they're out there. And sometimes they're not just talking about San Antonio like I am. They're talking about different things, but just kind of building that community. And that's something that I've, I've come across. Um, I know with the Facebook group and things of that sort. So when we talk about community, events have been a really great driver. And it was a great driver for us. That very first pod camp that we did in May of 2007, people came out of the woodwork. You know, they had no idea. They were also, we were traveling to Austin, Dallas, and Houston to have those sense of community, to have those types of events. But when we started creating those events here in San Antonio, all of a sudden, we started really, you know, becoming more known and more aware and really connecting the dots. We did pod camp again in 2008, but then after that, we did bar camp. And at bar camp, this is like a big moment for me because it just really cemented just how much diverse and talented, a talented group of people we had in San Antonio that everybody was doing it in their own little corner and no one was connected. So in 2008, we also did bar camp, uh, San Antonio. And I was sitting on the front, you know, before everything got started, everybody's chit-chatting. And then um, this very tall gentleman and, and I were talking and chit-chatting and, and he hands me his business card. And I look at his business card and it says, Ted, this man, George Riley, works for Ted. 
and I'm like, where do you live? He's like, here in San Antonio. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, all the videos that you see online, I'm, I'm in, my team does that. I'm in charge of that. I'm, I'm part of that team. And I was like, oh my God, you know, this was 2008 and Ted, you know, that still is. But I mean, back then it was like such a monumental thing such big, big ideas, right? And that was when, that was that big aha moment that I knew we were already doing this. We'd done two podcasts. This was bar camp. It was well attended. We were getting, we were in the newspaper already, you know, front page of the business section, that kind of stuff. And so that was already happening. Um, thank you, Laura Lorick, who worked at the Express News for being an early adopter journalist and recognizing that this was going to be something big and that, you know, San Antonio needed to pay attention. Um, she now runs Silicon Hills News, which is phenomenal. She's gone independent. And the community aspect of it grew from there because then we did pod camp for like four or five years and then we did bar camp twice and then other people wanted to do camps you know like action camp and freelance camp and somebody said we need to do something on twitter so then we did tweet camp and somebody said you know mobile's really coming up because this was becoming you know fo mobile phones are really becoming powerful okay so then we did moby camp and we had places like trinity university you know sponsoring the venue and we had all these sponsors microsoft you know after we did the i'll tell you a funny story after we did the very first pod camp um, immediately after that we took off for a week-long vacation to South Padre and I got an email that said hey Jennifer we saw that you're doing some amazing things in San Antonio and we really like to talk to you and see how potentially we can support you in your efforts in San Antonio and it was from someone from Microsoft <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what I was like so blown away so I, I we talked on the phone and we scheduled uh, for for us to go up to uh, Las Colinas which is where the Microsoft campus was here in, in in Texas and so I went up to Microsoft the Microsoft campus and that was all from there and then they sponsored quite a few of my events because we did startup weekend and all kinds of stuff so it was this really early adopter kind of community building you know heyday of all these new things coming into play and people like myself who are early adopters or pioneers or can recognize trends we're all we were all getting together and it was really this kumbaya kind of thing and, and we had tweet camps i mean tweet ups and all kinds of stuff and so it was a lot of fun um, a lot of fun and it was not a business though at the time right no one was making money it wasn't an industry yet it was still too new but we could all see the writing on the wall you know when i would go to business mixers and talk about podcasting blogging anything social media social media started to come up into the in, come into the mix people looked at me like i was speaking klingon because <laughs> they could not grasp what i was saying in the traditional business world a blog you know a podcast like what what is that and and then and then when they maybe knew what it was they could not fathom that it had any relation to business how could this apply to business this is something maybe you do for fun or maybe something you listen to you know for a hobby but it wasn't anything that had to do with business and eventually you know the world begins to speak klingon and people remembered that i was doing all these events that i had a community at a group you know we had i was co-founder of the local chapter of social media club and social media breakfast you know these are international organizations and we had local chapters here and we were ho holding events and again community building community building connecting people and all of those things were how we built the community that we have today. Now, granted, there's a lot of us old timers, you know, the, that are really connected. And so maybe the folks that are new, like yourself, you know, and I say new, not, not like as if, you know, you did this yesterday, but I mean, within the last, we probably stopped doing events. I want to say maybe like in 2011-ish or so, um, maybe 2012, because by then we were all actually starting to do this for work because people had seen what we were doing. And they're like, hey, you've been talking about that thing. Can you come speak to our group? Can you come train us? Can you help us set up a blog? Hey, social media is starting to happen. Can you help us with that? Thinking about doing a podcast. I know that you've been doing that. And it wasn't just me. I say, I say you, but it really was all of us who were these early folks into the space were now being recognized by business, by organizations. And so when we all got busy, you know, we all, it, this became an industry. It became a career. And it's been a fascinating journey. I can tell you that. What it makes me think about, and I was just having this conversation the other day uh, with Katie White. She's from Family Service, a great nonprofit here in San Antonio. And she actually has a podcast, her and I think one of her girlfriends, they do a podcast about, the, I think they're from Alabama or, or Georgia, she said. And so they kind of talk about their Southern you know, traditions and how that mixes with, with life on a daily basis. But anyways, what we were talking about was how podcasting, like you were saying, Jennifer, has just kind of, it slowly integrates with business and you know, another reason I started this podcast was because I listened to a business podcast and they bring on guests all the time. And one of the guests they brought on has a podcast in his community. I don't forget the guy's name and where he lives, but he has a podcast and he does so to help build his business. 
And so people in that community know him. They know him as a podcaster. In turn, it brings him clients and it brings him connections, And right? That's something that's interesting to me in, in terms of business and how, like you said, podcasting mixes with business because... So let's go back to the the early 2000s and late 2000s. And if you looked at a lot of businesses, they didn't have social media profiles. A lot of them didn't. And I'm sure, I mean, I wasn't in boardrooms. I was still like in middle school, but, but I'm sure they were talking to themselves in board meetings saying, why do we need a Twitter? Why do we need an Instagram account? Right. You know, and now you'd be crazy not to have one if you're a business to have any of those, to be connecting with your, with your customers or your clients. But podcasting has, if it hasn't already made that turn, it's starting to, to the point where if you're a business or you work in business, I mean, you better be a guest on an episode, you know, or to get, to get your voice out there, or you better host your own. If you're trying to build your network and your client base and your business, like you want to be, um, I forget the the term he used in the episode, but like the, the mayor of your community, you know, and that's, I think that's the term, the phrase he used, but basically you want to be the person that they see out there talking to community leaders and, and people in, in your city, your town. Um, and I just think going forward in the future, a lot of businesses, especially small businesses, that's going to be a way like social media to get their voice out there, to get their business out there. If I come across a business and I come across an individual before, I might go look at their LinkedIn account or I might go look them up on, on Twitter or Instagram. But now I'm going to see, do they have a podcast? Do they have an episode where I can go listen to that person? Um, you're going to see that more going forward. You know, I I don't disagree with you because one of the things that I like to do is I like to go to, in my case, Apple Podcasts, right? And I'll go search that person's name. And not only am I going to see if they have their own podcast, but I'll see all the shows that they were a guest on. And it really does give me that full frame of reference on them and and kind of gives me that shortcut into their message and their mission. I want to go back to something you said earlier. You said that you consider yourself an amateur, And the reality is that you're an independent voice, and that's what podcasting does. Podcasting, in essence, RSS, gives you the freedom to share your independent voice. There isn't anyone who can stop you because you own and you control your RSS. And I think a lot of times folks are giving away their freedom when they use platforms that either manage the RSS for them, and I'll throw Anchor under the bus for that, or in the case also of Anchors, they're doing away with RSS. So I, wanted, I want folks to think about RSS as the way for them to control their own message. Now, RSS could be a blog too, because if let's just say it's a WordPress site, you have a blog, people can subscribe to your feed. That's yours, you own it. Nobody can control it but you. Only you can deplatform yourself if you decide that you don't wanna blog anymore. So while social media, yes, it wasn't a thing. And I did, I did a, so many talks. I was up on stage and I talked to business groups and communities all around town in those years when social media was really becoming part of business. And the thing I had to do back in those days was I really had to baby step the audience into this concept of what value participating in this space would have for their business or for their organization. And the way that I did it was by giving those real world comparisons. I I mentioned this earlier. A blog is like your personal newspaper. A podcast is like your personal radio station. You know, a video, a vlog is like your personal television station for your business, for your cause, for whatever it is that you want to do. And in that way, folks, I could see the light bulbs going off in the audience every time I spoke and, and shared that because then they could they could under grasp the concept. So then we shift to social media. And it's like, how do you explain that to folks where they're not quite sure that this is something that has a value, you know, where because it's so fast, right? Twitter is like, you know, flying by so fast and how can you have value there facebook you know where's the value there and then you know you go to all these things now folks are talking about clubhouse and twitter spaces and you know spotify green room and facebook's coming out with an audio portfolio and of course tiktok is out there and you know you look at all of these things and it's really overwhelming for business and individuals to kind of stay at the forefront like what makes sense and so what i tell folks is Yes, I'm going to talk to you about all the things and I'm going to go investigate all those things because as someone who is an early adopter, a pioneer, someone who I'll do the research and development, I'll go take a look at that, understand it. And if it applies to you or it's something that I think you should be looking at, I'll let you know. But not not everything is meant for you and nor should you be in all the places. So my words of wisdom or my advice on that are do what you can do really well. Don't chase everything. Now, yes, when when uh, Clubhouse came out and if you had an iOS device, you absolutely should have should investigate it to see if it was good 
for your business and it made sense. You know, then Twitter Spaces comes out and people already had an existing platform. Like all of us have thousands of followers on Twitter, right? And we've had them for years. I mean, I've been on Twitter since 2007. So we have these long seated relationships in there. Adding something like Clubhouse to Twitter, which became Spaces, just increase the value. I'm probably spending more time on Twitter now than I ever, than I have in a really long time. And Twitter is my ideal platform. I, I prefer that to all the other social media. So it's a really great place to be. But I also have clients who have a real strong place on LinkedIn and Twitter. They've got some followers and they, they do participate in that space, but it's not their jam. So, OK, LinkedIn has LinkedIn Live. You know, there's all these things you can do in the spaces. Don't feel like you have to chase it all. And it's it's tough to chase it all. Like right now, TikTok, right? If you do anything on TikTok, it's like gold. But TikTok is a hungry animal. It's a really hungry animal. So I always talk about time, team and tools. If you're going to do anything, you have to look at your overall scope. It's really easy to get into something and be hot and heavy for it, but then realize that, well, I don't have time for it. So then you abandon it. And not to say if you're doing research and development, that's not acceptable. It is. But be mindful of the time, the time it's going to take you to do the research, to develop the platform, to develop the audience, to understand it, and then to continue to do it well. And sometimes you have to say, if I'm going to add this new thing, I'm going to have to minimize and shift some other things because we only have 24 hours in a day. You only have so much team. And the team is how many people are on your team and who's responsible for what. Interestingly enough, I'm starting to hear that larger organizations who have staff are starting to actually specialize staff for particular platforms. So they have an Instagram specialist, they have a Twitter specialist, they have a Facebook specialist, they have someone for YouTube, someone for TikTok, whatever. Now, granted, that's a large team. So obviously you're looking at larger organizations, but they're recognizing that uh, one person- Those are different audiences. Very yeah. different audiences, very different platforms, very different everything. So it shifts, but here's the, the end point. I'm sharing all this stuff, talking to you about all the things. I'm gonna tell you, make it work for you. Social media is a tool. The tool works for you. If it's not working for you, don't do it. Even if everybody and their brother is doing it, if it doesn't fit you and it's something that you dread and it's something that you don't enjoy, go to the places where it's your sweet spot, like totally shine in those areas. It's to it's okay to not be all the places and do all the things. Now you've been podcasting, uh, you know, since the early days of podcasting. How have you seen social media uh, play that influence? I, I know you mentioned that you were on Twitter since about 07. You know, how have you seen social media play an increasingly larger influence on, on podcasting? Well, it's a great plat it's a great platform to promote, right? Because back in the day, there was actually a, a website where you could print, you know, put your promos for your show and people would play them on their show. And so it was a great way to cross promote. And then in order to get the word out, you would, like you said earlier, you would be a guest on someone else's show, you know, because you're exposed to their audience, they're exposed to you. And, and it was a great kind of way to do that. And that's still something that's really relevant. But social media allows us to share with a much larger group of folks, you know, and there are so many different, there's people who are Facebook people and they don't want to do Twitter. They don't want to do LinkedIn. They're very happy in the Facebook ecosphere and that's just where you're going to find them. There's people who, you know, prefer LinkedIn. There's others who prefer, you know, YouTube and they're going to be all in the comments and they're all about that. And then there's those of us who kind of have a mix of it, right? We're, I'm in all the places and, and doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So I say that when you're thinking about promoting anything or sharing your mission or your message, you've got to be mindful of the fact that you think that people are going to go where you're at. And the fact is they're in lots of different places. So it's a good idea, if nothing else, to park your uh, username in those other spaces and maybe just have something feed there. But don't miss out on the opportunity to connect with those folks. And, and I'll, I'll kind of go a little bit to the side here to answer that. When we were kids in school, we the teacher has to figure out how we learn right because everybody has a different learning style some kids prefer to read some kids prefer to uh, be shown and others prefer to listen and, and so there's all kinds of ways to learn well that doesn't change when you grow up some people for, prefer blogs some people prefer podcasts audiobooks other people prefer to watch youtube videos and some people can do them all and they're perfectly fine but i know people who will not watch a video at all like they're looking for the note the the description in the in the video because they don't want to watch that video and i have folks that i know that are the opposite they don't want to read a big old blog post with a bunch of words they'd rather look at the video and so if i only created content in one place 
if I only wrote blogs, I'm potentially missing out on the audience that would listen to me through a podcast and the, and the audience that would watch me through a YouTube video. So I think when we look at, at the audience, we have to go where they're at. And so I've, I've talked, I've shared that kind of message for a really long time, but what really cemented it in was that Tom Webster from Edison Research did a recent talk and his talk was titled, The Audience is in Control. Now this is in relation to podcasting. He said, if you think about podcasting being an RSS feed and it has to have an RSS feed to be a podcast, then in reality, what's on Spotify is not a podcast. And what's on YouTube is not a podcast because it doesn't have an RSS feed yet. People call what's on Spotify and people call what's on YouTube a podcast. So is it a podcast? And he said, yes, because everybody says it is, even if you go down to the technical term of what it really is. And he said, by the same token, if you're only in one place, if you only go to Apple Podcasts because you think that's where you listen and so everyone else should listen there, then you're missing out on the folks that are on Overcast, people who are on Podbean, people who are on Spreaker, people who are on Google. You know, you're, you've got to make sure that you are where your audience is because you don't know where they are. They're not where you think they are. So why are you limiting the, the opportunity to be discovered by your potential audience? And I'll give an example of the real world. Um, I'm working with, um, I work with clients all the time in different avenues, but we initially launch with just something really you know, a small subset. And then as we continue, we add more um, where we go and we can, every single time you see this bump after we um, bring on more places where the podcast can be found, you see the bump and the bump and the bump by not limiting where our audience is and limiting where we are and where we're discoverable by them, you know, it's really important to do that. So social allows you to broadcast, but again, don't get overwhelmed by being in all the places yet. I just told you, you've got to be in all the places because if you're not, you're missing out on that audience. It's kind of a slippery slope, you know, but you've got to find what works for you. And, and you know, speaking on that, you know, finding what works for you, like, what are you good at? I have these this two episode series I'm doing here in Essay Talk. Um, this episode is going to be episode 12, episode 11. At the time of people listening to this, they'll know, they'll probably have heard episode 11. And in that Essay Talk episode, I'm speaking with two podcasters who they're, I think, 19, 20 years old. It's a couple. They have a podcast here in San Antonio. They just started, I think, uh, maybe like a month and a half, two months ago. So so newer to it than I am. And I've been listening to every episode of theirs. And I, I really like what they're doing. And I really think it's interesting going from talking to them and then, of course, talking to you, right? I mean, that's two ends of the spectrum in terms of podcasting and podcasting experience. And and one thing that we discussed in that episode was being new to it, they, they want to talk about everything. And I get that. I think everyone tries to form an opinion on everything. When they come across something, they're already forming, they're, they're already beginning to form an opinion, right? And so everyone wants to talk about different topics. Uh, but then it, it seems to me that really what your podcast is doing is you're, you know, it's like a Seinfeld episode. It's a show about nothing. What are you actually providing? Like, what are you, in terms of content, what are you providing to your listeners? And so I, I wasn't necessarily giving them advice, but one thing I thought, this is my opinion that I shared with them, was that I feel like you do have to niche down to a certain extent in your for your podcast, because otherwise... I just feel like you're trying to target different groups. You know, if you're just talking about one thing and then another thing, they have to have some kind of, you know, they have to be similar in some sense, at least in my opinion. So I'm interested to ask you then, being that you've been in the podcasting space for so long, that is that true? Like, do you have to niche down to a certain extent in terms of your podcast? You know, this is a common challenge with podcasters um, because we do, uh, human beings in general, we have so many interests. It's wide and varied. And there's things that, that we're really good at. There's things that we're curious about. There's things that we know. And and we want to talk about and share all those things. Few things that I've I've shared in the past would be sometimes you need more than one show. And, and for a new podcaster, that's daunting. And, and as you've been, as I've been a podcaster for so long, I've had lots of shows, lots of them. Some, you know, some have run their course and, and some are new. You know, I launched two new podcasts just in the, since April. And so it's a lot of fun to do that thing, but it's overwhelming. So sometimes what you may want to do is you may want to chunk it down into segments. If you, if you have to narrow it down, try and narrow it down to maybe three topics. And then if you're doing a 20 or 30 minute show, if you're doing a commuter show, then what you can do is you can have segments. And so you're still able to talk about the things that you want to talk about, but they're they're in a segment, they're chunked out. And so your audience can kind of follow along 
Whereas if it's meandering, the, you may lose them for that. And, and meandering is kind of how we talk in the real world, right? In the real world, we don't have a 10 minute segment and go, and now we're on to so-and-so. No, we just let the conversation flow. And so that's one idea. Another idea is to maybe have your show be more broad, but then have days. Let's say you do on Monday through Friday. Monday, the topic is this. Tuesday, the topic is this. Wednesday's the topic is it. You know what I mean? Where you can have the one show, but then if I'm an audience member and I really don't care about three of your topics and I only need the two, I know only to tune in on those days. But yeah, you do want a niche. In general, both of those things are a lot of work. But in general, I would say focus down on really one thing and then just create other shows. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I launched a show in April as a challenge, a, a challenge called the Walk Talk Challenge. I wanted to use Twitter spaces and Clubhouse to see if I could walk around my neighborhood and record a podcast with women entrepreneurs. I was pushing the envelope and pushing the buttons and pulling the levers on on social audio. What could I do with it? And and because it's mobile, why wouldn't you want to go do something else? You know, with this right now, you and I, we've got microphones in our faces and we've got headphones on and, you know, we're connected through, um, you know, a video platform, right? Because this is how it's being recorded. So we, we cannot go wander around, not if we want to have good audio and we want to have good audio. But I wanted to really push the envelope on that. And so I launched it as a 30 day challenge. Well, it turned out so well. I'm, I'm still doing it today. I have an interview in two weeks with a woman entrepreneur. So it's a lot of fun to kind of do those things. But that is its own show, The Walk Talk Challenge. If you go to walktalkchallenge.com, it's there. If you're a woman entrepreneur, you can schedule to do one of these with me. We do it for 30 minutes. You know, it's like 15, 20 minutes of us talking about their business goals and challenges, and then 10 minutes of an actual recording that I use another mobile phone to record because I'm walking around my neighborhood or walking around my backyard. I have another show I just launched this past, just recorded this past weekend called Crypto Content Creators. And that one is focused on the people who create content through blockchain. And that's, we just recorded show one this past weekend. So that's an entirely different animal than the Walk Talk Challenge. You know what I mean? So if I did that in one show, I would blow my audience out because the the crypto content creation is very pioneer, very early adopter, very, uh, I get, again, I get the Klingon look. I mean, people know what crypto is, as a, at least as a general sense, and they know what content creation is because we're doing it all the time online. But to put those two together, it's, they don't know what I'm talking about. So there's a whole other world that we're starting to do. But to do those, so let's say I wanted to do the Walk Talk Challenge and the Crypto Content Creator Show in one thing. They're not the same. They're different audiences. Not to say that women entrepreneurs can't do content creation on the blockchain. They can. But it's two different audiences, two different markets, and I wouldn't want to combo those because I would lose them both and then I wind up with less. And so I say by niching those into two entirely different shows for two entirely different audiences, I'm more likely to have success. I'm still me. It's still me doing all these things. But by focusing and hyper focusing on those, I'm, I'm actually compartmentalizing and, and actually having more fun. Do you think that Joe Rogan, his podcast, his format, what he does, do you think that's the reason that so many people try to have that meandering, like you were saying, um, kind of podcast? Because I think so. I think so. I think that people see that and people see his success and he's made all this money with Spotify and and they see that as the as the standard. Like, that's what I need to do. I need to get um, my own podcast, maybe with a buddy, um, and invite some friends over because that's who they're going to find if it's a brand new podcast. And then just talk about, you know, just shoot the bull with them. And maybe throw in some profanity in there and just kind of say some crazy things and crazy opinions maybe. And, and that's going to be successful. I, I think what I've seen is I keep using the word amateur, but a few amateur podcasts try to do that. And I just don't see it being successful because they don't have a platform. And I, I try to say that whenever I have talked to someone who is starting a podcast, maybe doing something similar to that. And I, in my opinion, I just don't see that as a successful blueprint, at least if you don't have a platform. I have to remind people, and again, I'm not the total expert here, definitely not, but I just feel like Joe Rogan has been successful because of his platform. He can have those episodes. He can have those conversations. He can say the things he says because of his platform, you know? And I think when people try to imitate that, it just doesn't work so well with a brand new podcast. Well, I don't want to uh, rain on anybody's parade. So if that's your dream, then go for it. <laughs> but I will temper it with this. Joe Rogan did not start with a podcast. You right. remember he has been on TV. He's hosted his own shows. He's a comic. He's a stand-up comic. I mean, this guy has put in the work 
to build his presence, to build his audience, to build his platform, the fact that he found success through the Joe Rogan experience through a podcast only is adds to what he has already had success in the past with. And so it's easy for us to look at that and go, oh, that's easy. Well, you know why it looks easy? Because professionals make it look easy. <laughs> I mean, it's just that, you know, we can't discount the, you know, they talk about the overnight success and, and um, he's grind, you know, he's put the work in. And so you got to put the work in. It's not to say that if that's the, the type of show you want to have, I'm not going to run on your parade, go for it. But recognize that it's going to take work and recognize the fact that you're going to have to develop your voice. You're going to have to develop your audience. You're going to have to develop your show flow. Those things will come with time. And even now, when I start a new show and it's a little bit different, it doesn't mean that it's perfect because there's things that, that each show has its own personality. It's still me, me and a co-host or me with a guest, but each show has their own little vibe. And so I have to kind of, as I'm doing each episode and each episode and each episode, each informs the next, informs the next. And eventually I get into what I consider the flow. And I've got this, you know, this this way, the run of show of how I do it. But even though I've done this for many years, I still go through that process for every brand new show. The show that we just recorded on Saturday is different than the one I'm doing with the Walk Dot Challenge. It's different with the very first one I ever did, which was the Morning Brewcast. You know, they're, each one has its own thing. So, but you've got to put time into it. So, if you want to do the Joe Rogan style, but for you and your and your deal, go for it. I'm not going to tell you not to, but understand that Joe Rogan is a professional. And not just at podcasting, he is a professional entertainer. And so that comes with years and years and years and years and years of experience. Right. And it's also the guests he's bringing on. I mean, he can find these guests because of that experience, because of those connections, his platform, his brand, everything that he's built and the work he's put in mm-hmm. has led to him being able to get those guests to have Elon Musk and right, smoke a joint on a podcast with Elon Musk. Like <laughs> he can do that. And yeah, it's going to look entertaining, but you, you can can't do just too, do but that. But I think the cops will knock at your door. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, and that is something, you know, relating it to San Antonio, um, a, a buddy of mine at the very beginning of of my podcast journey gave me uh, or, or was trying to give me that idea. And I just, I couldn't run with it. I, I couldn't run with it for that reason exactly, because I, I am not an avid listener of Joe Rogan. Every once in a while, I'll see a clip on YouTube and I might, I might watch it just because it's maybe a guest that I'm interested in. But the first thing that came to mind was I was like, dude, he has the platform. Okay. It's not like I can just hit up Thomas J. Henry and say, hey, why don't you come on my podcast and we can talk about whatever or April and Sierra or, you know, I don't know. Why don't you you ask him? I say go for it. I mean, I'm I'm going to tell you right now, more people are willing to be on a podcast because they recognize the value of the visibility that you might be surprised. Well, my, my point that I was getting to, though, is possibly now because I've built a little bit of a platform. I've built a little bit of a brand. I've brought on guests and built that that popularity with the podcast. So maybe. You're right. Possibly now I could get those names on here. But when you're first starting and no one knows who I am or what I'm trying to do, that's what I mean Mm -hmm. is you can't do those conversations. You can't have those people on possibly early unless you have those connections. Mm -hmm. And that was my point with the whole Joe Rogan thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes time to build that respect. Um, and, well, and but put the time in. If you if you love podcasting, you're going to put the time in. You know, do it, do it, enjoy it, have fun with it. Though, I mean, if it's like work and you hate it, don't do it. It comes across. <laughs> but if you're if you enjoy podcasting, if you enjoy video, if you enjoy sharing your story and and again sharing your mission and your message, then keep doing it. And if if you have a, a listenership of your mom and that's it, and you still have fun. Keep going. Don't worry about the numbers because over time, those things will come. Yes, there are best practices. Yes, there are things that you can do to promote it. Yes, there are things that you can do to build your community. All those things. It takes work. But at the end of the day, if you're not having fun, if this isn't something that brings you joy, if it isn't furthering your cause, if it isn't pushing the envelope forward or pushing your business forward or pushing your mission forward, then you might want to spend time doing something that will. It doesn't have to be podcasting. It can be anything. Now, I am very biased because I absolutely love podcasting. Um, I think it's one of the best ways to connect with folks because the intimacy of the medium. You know, if you're if you're listening to this and you've got your earbuds jammed in, then the two of us are whispering in your ear. It's an intimate connection. If you if I if you hear either one of us in a public place and you've listened to this, you'll recognize our voice before you ever recognize what we look like because we've been so close with one another. And I just think podcasting is such an amazing way to share, uh, to learn, and to grow and to expand. 
speaking of audio and and being intimate with that audio, you know, earlier you were bringing up the some of the shiny new toys of the audio spaces, which is Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces. Uh, what is it, a green room now with Spotify? Uh, I know Facebook, LinkedIn is is doing their own or start about to start their own. But what has that experience for you been like starting those? So much fun, so much fun. I have a weekly um, cup of audio coffee every Friday morning. Those go for an hour, and it's just a blast to talk to folks from all over the world, from India, from Africa, from the UK, from Canada, from the US, across all the time zones. We're all chit-chatting, and I love that that immediacy and that connection. Because and when I'm talking to people in the UK, it's night for them, or late in the afternoon. I guess it's seven hours, right? So it's late in the afternoon, and for me, it's the morning. And some of the folks from India, it's much later. You know, it, it is night for them. And it's so much fun to have that connectivity and really the smallness of the world and the expansion of that. I'll say as a, as a platform for sharing what you're doing, I think it's absolutely great. I like that folks have been innovative in doing the recordings. I've done them myself. You know, you put the little red recording button, you write the word recording, and folks know that it's being recorded. I wish the platforms would have that natively. But if, if you have another, you know, I talked about the Walk Talk Challenge, how I'm using two phones. I, wa- I walk with two phones. One phone is the phone I'm actually talking to the person with, my guest with, and then the other phone comes in and I just use the screen recording, the native screen recording that comes with the Apple phone to just record the audio. I mean, it's recording the screen too, but there's nothing on the screen, right? Except Clubhouse or Twitter spaces and it's recording the audio. So you're gonna, and because I'm walking around, you're gonna get like birds chirping, you're gonna get cars driving by, you're gonna get fire engines, you're gonna get, you know, whatever you would hear from someone walking about. But that adds to kind of that ambiance of the experience because my very first guest was a woman from Albania and she was walking in a park around her place near her home. And I was walking my neighborhood in San Antonio and you could hear the birds chirping in Albania and you can hear the birds chirping in San Antonio in the recording. And I just loved that, that's just that closeness, that connection. And I thought, this is amazing. <laughs> just well, amazing. And I like when you, when you upload the voice on your, on your Twitter feed. Mm. I, I can hear sometimes the birds in the background <laughs> when yeah. I'm listening or the to rain. the quick audio clip. Lately, it's been a lot of rain. So yeah, Twitter voice, I, I tell you what, Twitter voice has been out for a few years now. And I remember when it first came out, I was like, oh, this is amazing. And then I promptly forgot about it. I, d- I rediscovered it earlier this year and started doing these daily posts. So every day I'll do a, today was happy Monday. And I talk about the weather and then and I, I walk outside, I talk about the weather and then I just give a thought for the day or something I'm working on or a little inspiration or a little challenge and just kind of share that in two minutes and 20 seconds. And occasionally I get long winded and it goes longer than two minutes and 20 seconds. The nice thing about that is that Twitter automatically threads that voice into a, a threaded tweet and that voice just carries over, which is kind of nice. I've been getting better about not going over, um, you know, just through, <laughs> just through time. But yeah, Twitter voice is phenomenal. I've had good response from that. I have people who say, I love hearing your what's going on in your world and I haven't I haven't connected with you in a while and it's really great to catch up or I really love that you said this. And it isn't like I'm getting thousands of listens. You know, I'm I'm getting, you know, anywhere from what five to maybe fifty listens. It just depends. And and you know, I'm I'm playing around with the titling and stuff to see what if that changes anything. But if somebody needed a little pick me up or needed a little inspiration or a little something, you know, then I'm happy to be that. And if they were curious about what the weather was in my neck of the woods, I'm gonna tell them. No, I, I completely agree. And that's actually something that I've been looking to implement. You know, aside from my podcast, I think I told you I also do some financial advising. And typically during the week, I have like a Tuesday tips. Uh, on Friday, I have financial literacy Friday. And usually it's a thread of tweets. And then of course, on Facebook and LinkedIn, I could just put it all in one post. But I've been thinking, you know, that Twitter has not now, like you said, it's been out for a long time, I just haven't explored it really, is changing that or maybe just adding it, um, adding that element and just kind of reading off my tips, you know, or just kind of speaking in my natural voice about the tip that I'm writing about in that Twitter thread. Um, but you know what I, what I find strange about going back to Twitter spaces and clubhouse green room is that when you look for people's opinions on them, whether it's their news articles or on Twitter, whatever it may be, there's such disparity in, in people's opinions on them. I mean, you have people like yourself, Jennifer, that love them, absolutely love them. And then you have people who just say they're a total waste of time. And I guess you could say the same about social media. There's people out there that say it's a waste of time. But I mean, man, people talk about it all the time. I, I just attended a, a Geekdom event and it was like a little discussion where two uh, people, there's actually three there at Geekdom, were talking about podcasting and a bunch of people who were either, I mean, anyone could go. It was a little Geekdom event. It was a free event. 
people were either podcasters or aspiring podcasters. Anyway, one person at the front, and I'm not going to throw him under the bus, but he does host a podcast and he's here in San Antonio. He said that it is just a complete waste of time. He tried it. He tried Clubhouse. He tried Twitter Spaces and he just felt like it's nothing but self-promotion and that he didn't like how in Clubhouse you couldn't record it. Maybe now you can, but he just thought it was a waste of time. He said that it was a COVID project and that people enjoyed it while they were locked in their homes, but that now that things are opened up, that you could just go and listen to that person in person or go listen to their podcast or go watch their YouTube video or attend an actual conference. That's what I find strange is that you just have this like spectrum of people who just love it and then people who think it's a complete waste of time. Yeah, well, I mean, like anything else, you can't it can't please everybody all the time. And, and if this platform isn't for them, it isn't for them. There is like anything else, you're going to find good and bad in it, right? Life is like that. You know, tools are not good or bad. It's just depending on how people use them and, and how people, you know, make it work or not for them. I know what he's talking about when he's talking about it's a lot of self-promotion. It has turned into that. I'm, I'm talking more about Clubhouse than, than Spaces. Clubhouse has really gotten to feel like that. Yet there are still very dynamic conversations happening. They're really authentic connections, just such a, and if you'll find what you're looking for and it's going to take time, then it'll be good. If you find someone in a space and you notice that they have quality discussions, follow them because more than likely if they have a club, then follow that club. But if they're in a room, they're probably, there's a, probably a reason why they're in that room. If they're speaking up on stage, they're probably doing it because they're not gonna just join any random something. They're strategic about it. I have a friend who's from Houston um, that, you know, we're, we kind of started investigating around the same time. He went all in, I mean, he is in Clubhouse all the time. I get notifications early in the morning and, and late in the evening that he is in there. Now he's a very savvy business person, he would not be spending a, a second of time in there if there wasn't value to be gained for business and for his community. So I think you'll get what you want out of it. Tools are not inherently good or bad. It's up to you to decide what that will be for you. And if it's not for you, that's okay too. Can't be everything for everyone. I just find such value. I'm, I just, right now, you know, Twitter Spaces is really where I'm having a lot of fun. I created some Twitter Spaces 101 how-to videos and put, you know, shared them and put them up on YouTube and created a playlist. And interestingly enough, out of the four videos that I created, the one that has the most hits is the one that talks about how to share a tweet in a space. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you know, you never know, right? You create stuff and you think, well, is, will it blend, right? And you won't know until you do it. If it's something, try it. And if it doesn't make sense for you, no matter how much you try, then don't do it. You know, don't just don't waste your time. Do other things that are going to be fulfilling. I tell you what, follow me on Clubhouse for a week. Go to all the rooms that I go to and then tell me, or even a day, and then tell me that it has zero value. Um, and then as far as the uh, ability to now, because we're not in, in so much in lockdown, right, that we can go to a conference, true, but I can tell you that the folks in India and I probably would never have met. Uh, the the exactly. woman up in the UK, maybe if she came to the US or ever went to the UK, but those kinds of connections, those don't happen as as easily as one might think. And yet through a little platform called Twitter using a feature called Spaces, we're now really well connected and we speak quite a bit. And that didn't happen before Spaces. So And and I and I agree with you. I, I haven't explored uh, much of those audio spaces. I, I had a very brief introduction to Twitter spaces. Jeff Garcia, he hosts a Spurs podcast here in San Antonio, Locked on Spurs. And um, he always interacts with the podcast. We, we share each other's content. I love that. I love listening to his podcast. And he did a, a Twitter space. He was trying it out for the first time because I kind of nudged him on Twitter to do so. I was like, host a Twitter space, get all this, you know, people rag on Spurs Twitter. Uh, but it, just like any sports team, people have their opinions. And I just told him, hey, host a space. And I, I just want to see how it goes. And he did that and I kind of joined in and he, here's the thing I can't do, I would love to do a, a sports podcast, but I just don't have the data. I don't have the time to look into things, but I was interested and he tried to get me on and, and he allowed me to speak and I thought it was really cool. And I just kind of scratched the surface just by joining in on that Twitter space at the time. I think it's really cool. I, I know myself, I've talked with a couple of other local podcast hosts about hosting either a clubhouse or a Twitter space, maybe once a week or twice a week, and just talking about San Antonio, because that's that's my brand, right, is all about San Antonio and the voices here in San Antonio. So, you know, we've, we've explored that. That might be something we do in the future and just doing like a weekly discussion, a weekly talk where we all meet up and talk about San Antonio yeah, and what's going on I in say town. Do I, it. I think it. it's amazing. I like it. <laughs> yeah. And so when I see these people give these just strong opinions on it, people who are active in the podcast space, who are in that audio space, 
have these opinions. I'm like, why is that? You know? So I, I just find that interesting. No, I think I think he could have tempered it by saying it doesn't work for me. It may work for you. And 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 if it does, you know, fantastic, more power to you. Um, make sure you schedule it. You know, the nice thing about Twitter spaces now is that it has the ability to schedule. And so you can just schedule it weekly. I, I do that for the cup of audio coffee every Friday morning. I just schedule it and it's ready to roll. People can, um, you know, get notified or reminded when it's coming. And it, it's pretty nice. And I think you'll enjoy it. You know, if you're going to, especially if you're going to automatically have co-hosts, you know, when I start one, it's just me in the room. You know, will anybody show up? And and yes, people will show up. And what's the conversation going to be about? Well, let's just see where it goes. You know, we had a, a really dynamic conversation this past Friday, and I didn't know it was going to go this direction about podcasting 2.0. You know, Evo Tara showed up in my room, and we started chit-chatting about podcasting 2.0 and talking about the podcast index and all that that stuff that's happening. So you never know what the conversations that's going to come because that was not on my thought process when I clicked start the room. You know, I didn't think it would be that, but I'm glad that the the audience and the people who were in the room drove the conversation. And and it's, um I'm open to what's going to happen. And I think by being open and receptive, you know, things surprising, wonderfully surprising things can happen. Kind of like podcasting. We had the discussion earlier about your podcast having a, a purpose and a, and a direction almost, right? Niching it down. In my opinion, I feel, and again, I have not hosted a Twitter space. I don't have experience doing that. If anyone's listening, thinking like, oh, I've done it. I haven't. But I just feel like it's kind of the same or, or a little similar in the sense that I, I would think that as a listener, you, you want to have some kind of expectation of what I'm going to hear when I join this Twitter space. That is one of the grievances that I've seen that people have about Twitter spaces or clubhouses that they join something with the expectation that it's going to be about one topic and then it ends up going down a rabbit hole and it's about something totally different and they turn it off. Because that's not what they expected going in. Like with a podcast, when you go into a podcast, you kind of expect what that topic might be because you follow that podcast. Mm -hmm. I feel like it has to be the same, or at least I would think it has to be the same. You give those listeners that bottom line expectation of, okay, what are the topics going to be about so that they're not just jumping down a rabbit hole? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, you know who does that really, really well is Madeline Sklar. So Madeline Sklar hosts, she's out of Houston. She hosts a Twitter chat called Twitter Smarter. She's been doing this for like many, many, many years. It's every Thursday. I think it's noon our time. Yes, noon central time. And it's for an hour. And she has the topic and she has a guest. I was a guest back in early June. And you have different topics. But then so as a guest, you're the person who is the talking about the topic. My topic was um, about experimentation because I do I'm experimenting all the time on social and I'm very public about it. I tell people, hey, I'm trying this new thing. It's an experiment. Will it blend? I have no idea, but I'm taking you on the journey. And so I was talking about giving yourself permission and the freedom to do it, because a lot of times people aren't willing to experiment because they are afraid of failure or being seen as a failure in front of you know the public. And it's like, how will we know if it works unless we try it? <laughs> but that's been my whole thing I've done ever, forever. So it's kind of, I'm very comfortable with that. So that's from 12 to 1. But at 4 o'clock Central, she opens up a Twitter spaces with the guest that she had that week, which in that case, that week was me. And then then we get to talk. And so she and a co-host, Christine Gritman, they both are the co-hosts. And so they interview me and they record that first like 20 minutes or so. And then they open it up to get questions from the room. And it's very structured. It's very organized. It's very well done. She also has another chat on Saturdays called, I can't remember what it's called on Saturdays, but it's where they audit Twitter um, profiles. So that's the, the focus. Come in. You want your Twitter profile audited. Everyone in the room is going to give their two, their, their two cents or more likely they're, you know, if you were paying for consulting, it'd be much more. They're going to give their opinion on your profile and what you can do to improve it. And then people come back later with those improvements to show off what they did. So she's got a really robust thing there. And then on Wednesdays, she does a thing called Everything Audio with another co-host. And they talk about the growth of podcasting and, and social audio in the space and how people are using it. So I would say if you were looking for a really good model, if you just look at what Madeline is doing... And, and she's doing three completely different shows, two with two different co-hosts and one on her own on Saturdays, but very topic driven. It'll give you a good idea of the way to develop and build your own so that you have like a formula or a template. And it isn't like you're thinking wild, you know, it's just an open room and what do I do with it? So there are folks out there that are, that are doing an amazing job being structured and topic focused and taking their audience on the journey and being in the space with them. 
Well, Jennifer, I, I kind of want to wrap up this episode because I know we've been talking for a while now. Um, Holy of smokes. Course I br- we've been talking for almost an hour. Jeez. <laughs> I, <laughs> I know. And it, and it goes by quick. I mean, I could sit here and I have a lot of questions I could ask about podcasting, about spaces, about your experiences and how it's evolved over time. It, just because, you know, speaking to someone again that been doing it for years, it's just amazing. We didn't even get into to National Podcast Post Month. It's you know, coming that's in November. Why. National Podcast Post Month is coming in November, folks. Napodpomo, hashtag N-A-P-O-D-P-O-M-O. And it is 30 podcasts in 30 days in the month of November. Um, it is a group of international folks who participate in this. This will be our 14th year of doing it. If you've been 14. sitting on the sidelines and wondering if you sh- if you podcasting is for you, there is nothing like Napodpomo because it's a safe place within a community for you to fail fast, get good. I'm going to tell you, by day 30, you'll know if podcasting is for you or not. <laughs> and that's, that's what I really like about it. But like I said, I, I kind of wanted to wrap it up. And, and being that this is a San Antonio podcast, I know a lot of these topics that we talked about today in social media and podcasting and spaces. Yes, you know, we didn't say the word San Antonio every, you know, every single sentence. Well, Napa but it has to do. San Antonio, all these events, this community, it's here, right here in San Antonio. And something I do with every guest that I bring on to SA Talk is tying it into San Antonio, asking the guest, where do you like visiting in San Antonio? Where are places that you frequent that you just love going to here in town? So when I was doing uh, cycling, um, I was big into all of the trails because San Antonio has a very, very complex and rich and diverse trail system. If you like hiking, you like running, you like cycling, it goes all around town. It's called like the Emerald Loop. And I think they're cl- they're closing off some of the ends that are st- where there's still gaps. But all along, you can go from one side of the city to the other all through this Emerald Loop through these, you know, these greenways and these these straight paths and parks. And oh, my gosh, it's amazing. So if you're someone who wants to come to San Antonio or is in San Antonio and hasn't investigated the trail system, you're missing out on a real, real gem that is here only. I like going to Southtown. Um, I think Southtown is, I, the thing I love about Southtown is that it is very local. Every single business that's down there is a mom and pop. It's owned by people who live here. Um, it's not a chain from Rosario's all the way to Latuna, right? That whole stretch is an amazing stretch of art galleries, of restaurants, of places that you can go. You could walk that whole stretch, um, especially on first Friday. Um, you can cycle that stretch. You can do all kinds of things. The Blue Star area, you know, you go down to the Mission Reach. Um, I think if you haven't had a chance to look at the Mission Reach and the Museum Reach of San Antonio, you're missing out because while the traditional river walk is downtown, and that's where the tourists know of, if you don't go north and take, if you don't take a boat and go north to Pearl Brewery, you're missing out on a lot. If you don't go south and and rent a bike and ride down the trails and go visit the other four missions, which are World Heritage uh, Society locations, designated locations, and it's amazing, amazing in the wildlife and the birds and there's so much to do. Um, I, I say that San Antonio is so much more than what the folks who live outside San Antonio know. But also, if you've lived here your whole life, um, sometimes it's easy to not recognize the true special and unique nature that San Antonio has. Because I, I'm a native Texan, but I moved to San Antonio in 2003. And when I got here... I realized after having been, you know, grown up in the Rio Grande Valley and having lived in Houston for most of my young adult life and moving to San Antonio in 2003, I looked at this city and I said, holy smokes, this is the very, very best of a big city and a small town all rolled up in one. It feels like a small town. Everybody's nice. Everyone's family. And yet it's the seventh largest city in the United States. It just doesn't feel like it. I say that all the time. I say my listeners are probably tired of me saying that. So it's good to hear it from someone else. But most definitely, you know, people hear that all the time that it's a big little town, right? A big city, small town feel. And it sounds so cliche, but it's just so true. And you don't know it until you just experience it. So I completely agree. Jennifer, it's been amazing speaking to you. Just someone who's been, like I said earlier in the very beginning of the podcast, a pioneer in podcasting here in San Antonio. But it's been so great speaking with you and just diving into your knowledge of the space. It's been a real pleasure to be here. I'm excited by all the folks that are embracing podcasting. And I love that you have like a megaphone to kind of broadcast it far and wide and really develop the podcasting community in San Antonio. Because just because there is a community doesn't mean that there isn't room for more. And there's a whole new generation like yourself and and the folks that you mentioned earlier, which by the way, kudos to you all two month old (laughs) podcasters. I love new podcasters. (laughs) (laughs) to the space. Um, And and if you're sitting on the sidelines, do it. 
don't even question it. Do it. Start small. Maybe, you know, soft launch. Do something just quietly for yourself and get your chops and get comfortable and then develop your voice and your show. And and when you're ready to go, you know, broadcast, you know, far and wide and do a hard launch, then let your community know because your community is here to support you in so many ways. But we can't support you if we don't know what you're doing or how we can support you. That's going to do it for my discussion with Jennifer Navarrete. I really hope you enjoyed it. We're going to take a quick ad break and I'll be right back with my thoughts on the guest this week, as well as the recommendation and question of the week. So stay tuned. Hey guys, it's Zach. As some of you may know, I help people plan for retirement. And as your advisor, I can not only show you how money truly works, but put you in control of your money today and in retirement. If you're looking to schedule a financial review, please give me a call at 210-760-0409. Welcome back into SA Talk. I want to thank Jennifer once again for joining me on the podcast. I had a blast speaking with her about her experiences and learning about how she came up in the audio blogging world. It's so fascinating to me how people take this podcasting thing and turn it into a career of sorts, whether it's consulting or maybe they just continue podcasting and make money off of the sponsorships or ads they get. What stood out even more to me was how she focused on creating and being a part of a community of podcasters. I say this because as some of you know already, that's what I'm trying to do right now with this podcast network here in San Antonio, really. I still consider myself naive and a little bit of an amateur, but I really do want to find ways to partner with fellow podcasters around San Antonio, not just to connect, but to grow together and build a support system for newer podcasters out there. When you create a community like that, in my opinion, it opens the doors to other possibilities. You've heard me say in the past how one of the goals I have with this network is to give back to the city that I love. Even though it can be done solo, it's very hard to raise money, I know, I've tried to, and put on community events by yourself. Insert a group of people, and now you're talking. But anyway, getting back to Jennifer, I enjoyed the fact that she opened up about what she's learned over the years, and she even threw in some tidbits of advice for all of us to take in. She also spoke about a newer feature of the audio space, which is Clubhouse, Twitter Spaces, and Spotify Greenroom. Uh, I would encourage you to check out her Twitter space that she does every Friday morning. In fact, if you're listening to this on the Friday release date, I'll be joining her Twitter space at 9 a.m. Now, keep in mind, when I say new, I mean new relative to the length of time podcasting has been around. These newer spaces have really only gained popularity in the last year or so. Um, I know we didn't get to talk at lengths about this topic, and honestly, I might have her on again at some point uh, to do so, because I'm excited and intrigued at the prospect of using these new features in the audio space, kind of using it along with uh, to complement the podcast. You know, I like the idea of maybe opening up a Twitter space a day or two after one of the podcast episodes release, both with SA Talk, but also for Searching for San Antonio. That way, if listeners want to, they can join in on the conversation by asking questions to me or to the guest, or maybe they just thought of something after hearing our conversation. I know if you're like me, you probably have questions like that or think about things when you're listening to the guest talk. So be on the lookout for this going forward. I think it'll be really fun. Um, I'm not too, too sure about the clubhouse space, but I know Twitter spaces, I might feel a little more comfortable doing so. I know I've built up a little bit of a following on Twitter with the San Antonio Podcast Network, and so I feel like it would be utilized correctly uh, using the Twitter spaces. Before we get to this week's recommendation, I do just want to quickly remind listeners that you can follow the podcast, keep up with us at SAPod Network. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at SAPod Network. If you enjoyed the discussion, want to support the podcast, please click on the link in bio on any social media platform and click the support monthly button. Like I mentioned earlier, you can contribute as little as 99 cents per month up to $9.99 per month. And guys, I would really appreciate it if you did help me support this podcast. But getting into this week's local recommendation, SA Lunchador is here again to provide his weekly recommendation here on the SA Talk podcast. So here he is. Hey there, y'all. It's SA Lunchador again with the weekly SA Talk podcast recommendation. Today, I'm going to be recommending Chicago hot dogs off of 12914 Jones Maltzberger in San Antonio, Texas. Now, as the name implies, they do sell hot dogs. However, they do sell other Chicagoan fare. But we'll get to that in a minute. 
As far as their hot dogs go, if you are a native to Chicago or if you've ever been there, you know that Vienna beef is top dog there. So all they use for their hot dogs is Vienna beef strictly. My favorite was definitely the Chicago hot dog, which comes with all the fixings, tomatoes, pickles. You gotta have the poppy seed bun, onions, sport peppers. I honestly don't remember everything that went in it, but it all worked perfectly in my opinion. And again, if you're not feeling too adventurous, they do have the classics, just a regular hot dog if that's what you like, chili cheese dogs, and even brats. And of course, it wouldn't be Chicago eatery if you didn't have Italian beef. This was definitely one of my favorite things to try and I highly recommend it. They've also got gyros, which are pretty commonly found in San Antonio, but something about this one definitely sets them apart. They shave them off and they still cook it on the flat top. Maybe that's what gives us the spice, but I really enjoyed the one that they have there. And of course, if you just want traditional Americana, they can do burgers too, which I highly recommend because they cook them on a grill to order. You can get them with cheese, bacon, all the fixings. Trust me, they're pretty damn good. And a little fun fact, they actually opened as a food truck not too long ago, but they were able to find a space and now they're actually a full-blown restaurant. And in case you're in a rush and you just can't make it inside, they do have a drive-thru, so they've also got convenience as a factor for you to try them out. If you want to see what they offer, you can find them on social media, such as Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Chicago Hot Dogs USA. And that's going to wrap it up for my weekly recommendation. Again, it's your favorite mass foodie in San Antonio, S.A. Lunchador. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok. And back to you now, Zach. Thank you again to S.A. Lunchador for providing this week's recommendation. Like you said, be sure to follow him at S.A. Lunchador on Instagram and TikTok. I promise you it'll be one of the best local IG follows you give. Moving on to the question of the week, since we are talking about podcasts again, I know last week I asked what kind of podcast would you start, but this week I'm asking if you have used the Twitter spaces, Clubhouse, or Spotify Greenroom. If you want to answer on Facebook or Instagram, find the new episode post and comment below. If you want to answer on Twitter, you can do the same or just tweet with hashtag SATalkAnswers. I'm interested to see if any of the listeners... Um, and maybe followers of the podcast have used those spaces like Clubhouse, Spotify Green Room, or like I mentioned earlier, Twitter spaces. I know I put out a poll using the San Antonio Podcast Network Twitter, and uh, people didn't really seem to tune in to these newer features. Um, so again, being that I'm thinking of starting one and making it a weekly feature to complement the podcast, you know, I would really like to know if people are using these spaces. Again, that question is, have you used Twitter Spaces, Clubhouse, or Spotify Green Room? With that said, that is going to wrap up this week's episode of SA Talk. I want to give a huge thank you to all of the repeat listeners. It means a lot to me that you keep listening week in and week out to the content episodes that I put out here on the podcast. I also want to thank any new listeners checking out the show for the very first time. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you did, I would encourage you to check out my other series, Searching for San Antonio. If you want to help the podcast out, please give a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Lastly, if you or any business owners you know are looking to advertise with a great local podcast, please reach out to me directly at Zachary, that's Z-A-C-H-A-R-Y, at sapodnetwork.com. Thank you all again for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. See you again next week and Viva San Antonio.